Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. Today, we're going to get into two different subjects. The first one we're going to get into is how did Chef's PSA come to be? And then the second one we're going to get into is why you want to work in great kitchens and surround yourself with great chefs. So stay tuned and listen up. So let's start with Chef's PSA and how this came to be. When I was a chef, and this is right before I stepped away from cooking, the place where I worked, I had a lot of young chefs and cooks that I had worked with. And in the kitchen, they're getting all the skills that they need. You know, they're learning how to brunoise, they're learning how to grill, they're learning how to saute, they're working in great restaurants. But they all came to work under me because they wanted to learn how to become chefs. And so what I would do is I would teach a class once a month for for the cooks in the kitchen of how to become a chef. What does that look like? What are the skills that you need outside of cooking? So once a month, I'd put on this class and it would range from everything from leadership to uh, how to read a P&L to how to manage food costs, etc. So I, I had built a really close relationship with all these people that I had worked with. Then obviously, the world gets hit with COVID and all our worlds are turned upside down. So I no longer have this relationship with all these cooks and chefs that I'm working with because obviously, you know, restaurants are closing, people are getting laid off. Um, The situation is the same everywhere. And so one day I'm watching social media and and I see that every single chef worth their salt is and even some that aren't worth their salt are doing, you know, the, uh, the old, I'm going to teach you how to sear a salmon or I'm going to make a spinach salad, you know, whatever the case may be. And you scroll on social media and all you see is all these chefs cooking. I thought, well, like, I can't do that. Um, everyone's doing that. And, you know, why would you learn from me when you could see, you know, a great three Michelin star chef or whoever learning how to, how to do whatever it is that they're trying to teach you? Like, why would you watch my video? Like, there's nothing that I'm going to show you that, that you can't learn from another chef. So I thought to myself, huh, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But I really missed the fact that I couldn't teach my chefs and my cooks that I was working with. So one day I went to the store and I went to Target. And I remember listening on the intercom and I, and I want to say that this is correct, but it might not have been correct. At least in my memory it is. I heard on the intercom an advertisement for Taylor Swift's cooking class. And I thought, why the fuck does Taylor Swift have a cooking class? And I don't have a cooking class. Everyone has a cooking class. I should have a cooking class. And then I thought, oh, I should have a class. 
I should have a class on how to become an executive chef and what that looks like or you know, how, to, how to lead a kitchen. Um, so the idea had, had kind of got planted in, in my mind that I wanted to take that and write a book or teach an online course on the skills that someone needs to become the head chef in a kitchen outside of cooking, because obviously there's so many resources out there available to someone. If they want to learn how to cook, you could go on chef steps. You could go on Ruby. You could just go down the rabbit hole of YouTube and see some of the greatest chefs in the world teach you what you need to know. But I wanted to show people something different. I wanted to teach them, okay, this is what you need to know. And I'm going to show you how to get there. So out of the blue, I received a phone call from a, a company out of Dallas and they said, Hey, would you be interested in doing a masterclass style class to teach people how to become an executive chef. And I was like, wow, talk about good timing. Yes, I was actually just thinking about this. So uh, we struck up a partnership and we recorded, you know, an, a masterclass style training. And you can find it on online now. It's free. It's called How to Manage Like an Executive Chef with Andre Natera. So this was like the first start in creating chefs PSA. What I wanted to do is I wanted to take this, how to manage like an executive chef and then transform that into a book so I could teach people the knowledge that they need to become an executive chef and cover everything from like, how do you, how to manage food costs, this, that, and the other time goes on. And now I've recorded this class and I kind of put it out there. And so one day someone, someone at work did something stupid. And this is like, you know, we're coming out of COVID, we're starting to hire people back. And I put up my first chef's PSA on my Instagram account. And it was chef's PSA. I think it was, it was chef's PSA. No matter how good you make something, another chef thinks you're wrong. And you know, the old joke behind that is you get five chefs in a room, none of them are going to agree on the right way to make something. Everyone's gonna tell you, Oh, my chef taught me this way, or this is the right way to do it. No chef is ever going to agree with another chef that there's one singular way to do something because depending on their background or training, they're going to do it slightly different. So anyway, I put this up on my Instagram. I got a lot of DMS from people. Ha ha ha. Very funny. They're sharing it. And it's like, okay, right. So dopamine's a reward system. So if people are liking and engaging with my post, then I did it again the next week. And I thought, okay, this is, this is a, a funny way. Cause you know, I started it out as a joke. I said, this is a funny way for me to engage with people and kind of call out some of the bullshit in the industry. Like when people call off on their birthday and it's like, you didn't request the day off. Uh, turns out it's your birthday. You didn't get the day off, but on your Instagram, everyone saw you partying the night before. And then you're calling off the next day with a tummy ache. It's like, get the fuck out of here. We all know you're lying. So that's, that was kind of the purpose of chef's PSA is just to call out the stupidity in the kitchen because a lot of new cooks coming into the kitchen, they don't know what those unwritten rules are that if you've been in the kitchen for a long time, you know, you know how to act, you know how to behave, you know what to do and what not to do, and you know what's going to piss off the rest of the team. New cooks don't always know that, and sometimes even seasoned cooks don't know that, and or they do know it, but they also know like no one's going to really call you out because it's a strange thing in the kitchen. A lot of times people know you're lying, but they won't call you out on it. So anyway, that's a, that's a weird phenomena that goes on. So I start doing these weekly PSAs, and one of my friends... DMs me uh, for me Nunes from Suerte restaurant in Austin, Texas. And he says, these are hilarious. You should write a book. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then he DM'd me again and said, Hey, this is hilarious. Seriously, write a book. I'll buy it. So I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I posted on, on Instagram one day. I was like, I'm going to write a book chef's PSA. 
And the thing that people might not know about me is that if I say I'm going to do something, it's like all of a sudden I have to commit. I, you know, my OCD kicks in and it's like, oh, you said you're going to do it. Now you have to do it. So I tricked myself by posting that I was going to write this book. So that way I would force myself to write the book. So I've never written a book before. I thought, how hard can it be? The intention of the book, though, was just to write something funny for me and, you know, my inner circle of chef friends. Um, just something that we could pass around the kitchen as a joke, put it on clipboards, call people out on their bullshit. That was, that was the true purpose of it. I did not write this book intending it to be anything serious. It was just like, hey, you're a new cook in the kitchen. Read this, you know, you know don't mix your salt and pepper and be an idiot or, you know, don't have a hula, scoot, hula skirt sorry, of dirty towels hanging around your apron. You know, all the, all the stupid things that people do. It was just intended to call out some of the bad habits in the kitchen in a comical way you know, kind of funny, whatever. Right. But it was funny. And I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of people reaching out to me telling me how much they enjoyed the book and how a lot of people started buying the book and giving it to every single cook in their kitchen. Cause really that's who it's intended for. It's not intended for the executive chef. You know, they know this stuff. It's really intended for you to buy it, put it on a clipboard or put it in your knife roll and give it to everyone else. So anyway, long story short, that's how the PSA came to be. So fast forward a little bit and I'm working as a chef and, uh, you know, I, I really missed the fact that I, I couldn't really mentor as many people as I could post COVID as I could pre COVID. And, and if, for people that don't know me, I'll tell you one of my biggest life's passions is I love mentoring chefs. You know, I, I, I probably have, you know, 30 or 40 people that have worked under me that are now executive chefs. And some are, you know, extremely talented executive chefs and, you know, high-end luxury hotels, great restaurants, James Beard uh, nominated restaurants, food and wine nominated chefs. So a lot of these people that have worked under me at one point, I get a lot of pride in knowing that I paid a, played a small part in their success and seeing them grow. So I thought to myself, I want to be able to give back to chefs. And I, I feel like there is not a voice out there um, that teaches you how to be a chef, how to run a kitchen, how to behave in a kitchen. What are the unwritten rules? And that's kind of where I come in. It's like, okay, if you don't have a chef mentor, which a lot of people don't, they work in a kitchen and the chef doesn't even talk to you, right? Let me fill that gap. Let me be your chef mentor because you might not have access to someone that's going to shoot you straight and tell you the real deal and, you know, call out the bullshit that's out there because a lot of times you'll go through your time working in kitchens with a lot of bad habits and people won't tell you anything and you'll continue to do it, but everyone around you is annoyed and they, they know the right thing. And then you wonder, why am I not getting promoted? Why am I getting passed over? Um, why do I keep getting fired? Whatever the case may be, you just might be oblivious to it, but there's there's just a way that the kitchen works. There's a culture and, and it, and it runs throughout many kitchens from ultra high end kitchens to low end kitchens, good habits and good behaviors in the kitchen go a very long way in ensuring that you're successful. And I hate to say it, but the smarter you are as a cook, it's a big shortcut to becoming the executive chef. Like the sooner you get it, the sooner you start moving up. A lot of people don't move up because it takes them a long time for it to finally click and say, ah, I got to stop fighting the system. This is just the way it is. So anyway, that's what Chef's PSA is really all about. I decided to dedicate full time into uh, really 
throwing myself into being a mentor for a lot of cooks and chefs that um, need that guidance, that need a need a voice, that need to hear someone talking to them. Um, so we have the Chef's PSA Instagram account and the book, and I'm working on another book right now about uh, leadership um, fundamentals. And this will be a little bit more serious. It's it's not going to be me goofing off as much. Um, and for people that haven't figured it out, I I love to fuck off, but uh, I do have my serious side. Obviously, I've been a chef for a, a very long time. I've, I have a lot of experience being an executive chef and running restaurants and large operations. So I want to be able to pass that information on. So that's really the purpose of Chef's PSA. We're, we're, I would say right now we're in phase two. First, we wrote book one in the process of writing book two. And then we have the podcast. And there's more to come. Eventually, eventually it's going to be world domination. And you guys will say, oh, it was there at the beginning. Don't worry. Uh, I'm taking you all with me. But anyway, let's get into uh, the next subject. The next subject is why you need to work in great kitchens under great chefs. Now, this subject should be a no-brainer for most people. Obviously, you want to work in great kitchens with great chefs because you're going to learn more by proxy, by being close to them, being in these environments where people are cooking at a high level. You become higher level yourself. But for some reason that just isn't so obvious to people. A lot of people when they're graduating culinary school or they just get started in the industry, they pick an easier job just to get some experience and I and I understand that. When I was in culinary school, I worked as well. I worked in a pretty good place in the city where I was at, um, in Portland, Oregon. I was at one of the nicer hotels at the time and I worked in the bakery department. And that was a good fit for me because I didn't have a lot of experience, but you know, being around these older chefs that had experience, it got me better. I had a lot of pace and intensity and they'd put a lot of pressure on me because everyone had years of experience. And here I was just, you know, McDonald's and culinary school was the only experience that I had. So getting some experience initially, learning how to use a knife, that's great. I wouldn't want to go from zero experience to like three Michelin stars right out of high school. Um, because that might be a huge culture shock for you. But when you do get some experience and you you know how to use a knife and you know how to uh, navigate through a kitchen, you know the jargon behind hot knife, et cetera, then I would say you need to work in a great kitchen with great chefs. And that is the fastest way that you will get good at cooking. You want to be good, surround yourself with great people. It's as simple as that. But a lot of people seem to want to you know, say, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough. Uh, maybe when I'm good enough, I'll go work at these places and then time passes them by. And what ends up happening is you'll continue to make excuses as to why you're not good enough. And let me, let me be honest with you. You could have 10 years of experience, but you're still not going to be good enough to go into the best restaurants in the world. So it doesn't matter what level you are. You're never going to be good enough to just walk into Noma and say, hey, wow, I have 10 years of experience outside of Noma uh, in restaurants that are not at this level and I'm ready to be the head chef here. It's just not going to happen. So it doesn't matter how much experience you get. You're not going to be ready for these places no matter what. So get that idea out of your head. So go in there humble and ready to start at the bottom and work your way up. And it might not be for you because some of these high-end kitchens are not for everybody. They're intense. There's a lot of pressure. Um, the hours are longer usually in some of these places. And, and, and that's saying something because the industry norm, you know, you're going to work, you're not going to work, I should say eight hours. You're going to work more than eight hours, but in some of these places, you know, you're only going to get two, three hours of sleep and you're going to take some of your prep home. Those kitchens are fucking hard and they're not for everyone. But the reason I would say you want to go work there is because 
if you start out at the top, it's easy to go down the ladder. Let's just say you're at the best restaurant in the world and you say, you know what? I learned it's just not my cup of tea, whatever the case may be. Maybe I don't like the, the work ethic or the culture, whatever. You could take a step down the ladder. And then you get there and you're like, eh, you know what? I don't like it. And you go down another rung on the ladder and so on and so forth until you find the spot that you say, okay, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm happy. And having those great restaurants on your resume allow you to go all the way down the ladder. But I should say the opposite is not true. And let me tell you why. You can't start at the bottom and then say, okay, I've been 10 years here and then I'm going to go up a rung. It's much more difficult. You could have Noma, again, I'm picking on Noma, uh, probably because they're serving reindeer dick salad right now, which Renee Redzepi, if you're listening to my podcast, don't serve that salad. You're going to ruin it for the rest of us because every sous chef in the world is going to want to put uh, reindeer penis salad on the menu and uh, tell us why. Well, Renee Redzepi does it. I should do it too. Anyway, that's a stupid thing. So Renee, please don't, don't do that because you're opening up a, a can of worms that I'm going to have to deal with. Well, actually, I'm retired, so I'm not going to have to deal with it, but my friends are going to deal with, and they're going to be complaining. But anyway, point being is that you're not going to go from like a bottom-end kitchen and walk right into Noma. You can't, it doesn't work that way. You could go down, um, but it's much more difficult to go up. So many doors will open for you if you have those great restaurants on your resume. I could tell you, and you know, for a long time, I was a, a resume snob where someone had a you know, great three Michelin star restaurant on their resume. It was like they were instantly hired. Your resume goes to the top of the pile of most places. And a lot of times, you, know, you might be put in at a more senior position. And I'll give you an example. Like, let's say you were an entry-level cook at one of the best restaurants in the world. You might have just been you know, peeling carrots but you go tell to another place in you know a small a smaller city and and you say hey i was a cook just peeling carrots at whatever restaurant on the world's 50 best they might say okay you're going to be my sous chef that fast right so you skip so many positions just by being in those great kitchens but let's take resume aside and just talk about what you're going to learn in these great kitchens you're going to learn the most perfect technique in these great kitchens you're going to learn a sense of urgency, a sense of professionalism, a sense of discipline. You're going to know what you're made of. You're going to push yourself to new levels when you work in the highest level of kitchens. And like I said, it's not for everybody, but you need to know that. You need to experience that and decide for yourself if it's not for you versus taking everyone's word for it, saying, oh, don't work in those places for whatever reason, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to those people. Do it for yourself. Go there, find out if that's the kind of kitchen you want to be in. If it's not, hey, it's, it's not for everyone, then go somewhere else. But at least say you did it and you're coming from a place of understanding, not from just rumors and, and listening to your, your friend on the line that never made it and he's bitter because he got turned down at one of those restaurants because usually those are the people that, um, you know, that give you all that advice as to why you can't be great. It's because I was never great, so you can't be great. Don't listen to those people. You got to go out and you got to do your thing and make your own path. Well, anyway, that was a short rant. I could probably talk about that subject for um, quite some time, and maybe we'll touch on it in another episode. But um, if you want to support the show, we talked about the book earlier. Uh, you could buy Chef's PSA book on audio, ebook, and paperback on Amazon. Um, there's a link in the show on Spotify where you could uh, you could donate and, and subscribe to the show, I think. Something like that. I'm, I'm still unfamiliar with how this uh, works. 
but you could do that. And then of course, follow us on, on all our social accounts. So uh, that's Instagram, that's where it all started. We have Chef's PSA on Twitter and newly on TikTok, Chef's PSA on TikTok. And it's, boy, TikTok's a wild place. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure that place out, but uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll be the master of TikTok as well. Anyway, thank you all and uh, see you all next week and let's cue up the porno music. <laughs>